Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and I'm in studio today with two of my best friends. It's good to see you, Ron Huntley. Good to be here. And Father James Mallon. It's always fun when we get to hang out. It's good to be back. Thanks. Great. So, guys, there's a couple of things that I really wanted us to take some time to, to talk about today. And they're, they're all around this, this concept of, of leadership. And what are the things that we need? Uh, what, are, what are the things that we need to be good leaders? And particularly things like virtues. What are some of the virtues we should be living out? The characters that, that should be part of, of, of uh, who we are as leaders? Well, the, the question of virtue is, is, a, is a big one. It's something that, you know, philosophers, going back to the ancient Greek philosophers really wrestled with. And it's a big topic, but maybe before we, we jump into the specifics mm-hmm. around what kind of virtues are, are needed for leaders today, maybe we can just contextualize things a little bit. How does that sound? That sounds good. It. Let's do that. Contextualize <laughs> for That'll us. help me. What exactly is, is a virtue? You know, I'll start by, by contrasting it with, with what the opposite of a virtue is. The opposite of a virtue is a vice. Okay. You know, so now don't immediately think vice squad and all of that stuff. So virtue and vice are, are opposed. And, and basically, a, a, a virtue is a, is a habit of, of, of positive good behavior. Hmm. Uh, and if you've ever noticed that, that and it, it's, it's very much a, a Catholic understanding of the, of the human person that, that is in union with, with the thought of the ancient Greek philosophers, that you become good by doing good things. Uh, you become bad or evil by doing evil things. Like Makes like sense. what you do uh, affects who you become. And mm. the more that you become that, the more you do it. So, so, so it's a reflection of not just who you are, but who you're becoming. Exactly. Well, it's, it's like, yeah, you can, you can actually become a different person by, by choosing to do certain things. The more that we, and the more that we do a thing, you develop a habit. I mean, the, the thing is that there's, there's a there's a there's a you know a spiritual dimension to habits. There's a, a physical dimension to habits. There's the neuro sorry neurological. I always get that word uh, mixed up. But there's you know there are pathways. That, the, the more you do something, there's a kind of uh, not just physically uh, kind of muscle memory, but also emotionally, psychologically. So the more you do a thing, you more you become that thing. And the more you do it, the easier it is to do it, even though at first it, it's, it's quite difficult. So we all are familiar with the concept of a good habit and a bad habit. And so virtues, in a sense, are good habits, mm. and vices are bad habits. Ooh. And they really <clears throat> impact the kind of person that, that, that we become. You know, the ancient philosophers identified a certain set of virtues, so the classical virtues. And later on in the Christian tradition, there was, those virtues were embraced, but they added three new virtues they called theological virtues. So just very quickly, so the ancient virtues, and I hope I get this, this correct, it's, it's uh, um, prudence, uh, um, justice, uh, courage or fortitude, and I think self-control. Uh, so the, these are the four uh, classical virtues. Now, what distinguished them and, and how, from a Christian perspective, we understand them is that these four classical virtues, you don't need God's grace. Mm. So these are virtues that yeah. any human being can develop. You can, you can become courageous by... Facing your fear. Facing your fears. Because remember, courage doesn't mean I don't, have, I'm, I, I don't have fears. It means in spite of my fears, I lean into things, I, I press in. And you can actually grow and develop the virtue of courage. Right. Uh, prudence or wisdom... Uh, you can develop it. You know, you can develop it by 
learning, by reflecting, finding by mentors, finding mentors. Yeah. Growing. I mean, anyone can grow in wisdom, and anyone can can decrease in wisdom right. as well. Uh, self control. That's something. I mean, that's part of the spiritual discipline of Lent. That you know, by self sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, delayed gratification. We all know in our own lives, like you can. You can actually, you know, if you, anyone who's tried to get fit to exercise, there's an element of self-control there. You can, it's easier when you're in the habit, but mm. we all know that it's very easy to fall out of the habit mm-hmm. as well. And then the habit of justice, you know, seeking to be in in right relationship, always seeking to do the 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 right, right thing. thing for the right reasons. Yeah, it's very interesting though that that even the classical virtues can, in a sense, be a bit relativistic. Okay. Because your perception of the good is going to be shaped by your environment. Uh, so think, for instance, of Nazi Germany. Um, I remember watching this amazing movie a, a few years ago called uh, Sophie Scholl, The Final Days. And mm. Sophie Scholl and her brother and friends were, were student leaders. Uh, they, were all, they were all Christians, a uh, mixture of, uh, of Lutherans and, and, and Catholics. And they led the Vice Rose movement. Uh, and, and they they stood up against the Nazi regime, and they were later um, arrested and tried and executed within like three days. And it's an amazing mo- movie. Uh, so Sophie showed the final days. But I remember the the scene in the in the, in the courtroom when they were condemned. And what was so interesting is that they were condemned as criminals. They they were the ones without virtue. Wow. And the court, this oppressive court, they they were they were doing justice. So in that con- huh. so in the context of your environment, what is, you know, depending on how good is perceived, that will shape the the living out of these of these and kind the of virtues. virtues. So there's there's a relative sense to these mm-hmm. things, right? Now let's jump that, before you before you jump. Is that because they're not grounded? Because they're grounded in human systems rather than in, 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 in theological systems rather than in, in, yeah, in scripture. I mean, like yeah, yes, yes, and no. Although I wouldn't see, I, I wouldn't drive too much of a of a wedge because I mean, ancient even the ancient philosophers said if you if you reflect enough, you'll get there. Uh, you'll get there because although the you know from a Christian perspective, although the human being is busted up and, and kind of bruised and broke, we're not completely beyond the beyond the pale. We're still fundamentally good and. We have a natural law philosophy, which means that a lot of our, almost most of our morality, our moral convictions are not because we're people of faith. We didn't necessarily receive them through revelation. Revelation has affirmed these things, but by human reflection, we can arrive there. I mean, a human being should be able to discern a basic sense of justice, uh, courage, um, uh, self-control, uh, and and even, even just, you know, all of these virtues, we should be able to get close to it but it's not immune to the environment in which we find ourselves. And mm. I think that that's always something we need to be careful for because it has, you know, from an organizational perspective, the whole idea that, that, that culture will shape things. I mean, your culture can actually twist your perception of, of what courage means and what justice means mm. and what self-control, self-control. is and, and mm. such. But distinguish that from what are in the tradition are called the three uh, theological virtues, and it's 1 Corinthians 13. In the end, three things remain, uh, faith, hope, and love. So faith, hope, and love. And why do we say theological virtues? It means that these virtues are only possible to be lived with grace, only through the grace of God. Because in the end, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, if you if you move beyond the debates of the 16th century in the church, you know, salvation through faith and such, really, if you look at the, the teaching of the New Testament, 
you know, all that matters is faith, what working love. We're really, in a sense, faith, hope, and love is, is what we're actually saved through faith, hope, and love, which themselves are only possible through God's grace. So ultimately, salvation mm-hmm. through grace alone. Uh, but faith, hope, and love are the theological virtues, and in love as in the, you know, agape love, which is a reflection of, of, of God's love. So these are the three theological virtues. I think, you know, you, there are many, these uh, seven virtues, they don't, they don't exhaust uh, the concept of, of a virtue because it's, it's, it's a good habit. And yeah. I think today in our context, when it comes to leadership, you, you could really break that open. That's what I'm looking forward to this discussion, Ron, to, to hear your mm. thoughts and, your, and yours as well, Dan, as we kind of explore what, what, what are virtues uh, that are needed today in leadership. And I think in one sense, no matter what we name, the qualities, the moral qualities and habits that we can name this morning, they're probably derivative of the primary seven, right? I mean, love. I mean, love of God, love of one another. Mm. I mean, you talk about leadership. A lot of the virtues connected with leadership are ultimately rooted in love. They're rooted in hope and faith. They're rooted in a sense of justice, courage. Yeah, and I would say you can, there's lots of loving people out there that are terrible leaders. And so I think you do need it, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a leader worth your salt in terms of creating a space where people are coming home mm-hmm. to Christ and moving things. So I think it's critical, but it's, yeah, right? Is that fair? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I know I'd we, say that I know too, you yeah. agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. cool. So today, if if we hadn't had this preliminary conversation, mm. like, so imagine we rewind, uh, Ron. Uh, I wouldn't have known what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but yes, you do. Because if, I, because if we rewinded and said, okay, virtues are, are habits of... of, of yes. They're, they're, they're good habits. What kind of good habits do you need mm-hmm. for leadership today in the church? I remember years ago uh, being at a, a spot where Pastor Laurel Buckingham said, there's three things that we all need to do if we're going to be great people. We need to do what we say we're going to do. We need to show up in time. We always need to say please and thank you. And I actually use that uh, as I parented my children because I think about it. Do what you say you're going to do um, is be good to yourself. You say you're going to do something, do it. Do it. <laughs> do what you say you're going to do. And, and again, if I think about coaching, so many times we talk about these principles of divine renovation, and then you know I only find out months later that, they said they were going to do it. They haven't been doing it. They haven't been having their one-on-one meetings. They haven't mm. been having group meetings. They, all kinds of things that they agreed to in principle, they haven't mm. actually been doing it. And, and that whole idea of show up on showing up on time, well, people are counting on you. Are you living up to their expectations or are you finding reasons to let them down and not do what you you know? And it's, it's a really good principle. Like if people are counting on you, what are you doing about it? Mm. And the third thing is always say please and thank you. And to me, that's... How are you treating people? Mm. Are you kind? And boy, I'll tell you, those three things alone, whew, if, if all I did was coached into that, and, 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 and I would say myself too, if I, could, if I would consistently live up to that, and if I could help the people that we coach live up to that, that solve a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Those are three habits that I think we can all aspire to that will significantly transform your leadership because now people will appreciate how you treat them. They'll know they can count on you. And when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> a lot of what you were saying after um, you know, you're, as you unpack all these, these various uh, virtues, 
I got to think like, okay, so, you know, leaders, especially the ones that are listening, I mean, they're busy. They're busy men. They're busy women. And um, I, I'm just going to make a, a guess. I suspect they're not doing a lot of reflection on, on, on these various virtues because I know I wouldn't have been. I'm not. Like, you know, that's not, I don't think about, okay, well, how am I living out that? How am I, how am I wrestling with that? And, and so it's almost like we take, it, we take those elements of, of, of our character uh, for granted uh, like we're not we're not expressly um, identifying or, or, or challenging ourselves on them. Uh, is, are there ways that we ought to be wrestling with those things? I, absolutely, because I, I think like the, the the human person is never static. It's like in all areas of life, in in our spiritual life, in in our prayer lives, uh, in in our relationships with one another. You we don't stand still. If you're not moving in one direction, you're moving the other, and it's the same in the area between virtue and vice. Uh, at least I know from my own experience. If you're not growing in virtue, you're mm. you're actually growing in vice. You're, you're moving the other way, and we've got to remember too that that you know we, we tend all systems tend towards chaos, and, and if we're the only solution to that is is intentionality. And intentionality is never easy because you're you're you have to overcome inertia. You've got to pull again, push against this, you know, patterns, human norms. gravity. You know, so unless you're being intentional about forming good habits as a leader, you're going to develop bad habits. And you're and if you don't have people around you who can call you out and help you identify, you don't even know you've got them. Amen. I mean, yeah, that's so much. True. That's the story of my life. Is 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 it so easy to develop these bad habits that are that are not life giving? That are not helpful? That are not you know, you know, contributing in a positive way to my leadership. And I don't even know that I've got them wrong. Mm. You've been a tremendous help in that way for me and the, and the way that you've kindly and gently and sometimes not so gently. <laughs> so co- kindly, and gently, not not about Ron. <laughs> kindly and gently, <laughs> gently, quite a few intense conversations <laughs> in hallways over the years. <laughs> And it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize I was doing that. You know, like, I had no idea. Like this is a, and it's, and it's not even just, you know, a couple of times I did this. It's like, I've developed a habit. And, and the thing mm. is about a habit, have you ever driven down a country road? Uh, and now I, I drive a, a, a mini, so, so some of you might know I've got a mini and it's not, it's kind of low to the ground a little bit. I remember a couple of years ago on a dirt road in a country road going to someone's cottage and it was, you know, spring with the rain and, and all this. And on this road, the, the tire ruts were really deep. Mm. And if I had fallen into the tire ruts, I would have ripped off the bottom of my car. So oh, I had right. to kind of move over a little bit and kind of try to ride and be very careful. But you know how hard it is to not fall into the ruts? These grooves? Mm. I mean, that's what they are. They're mm. grooves in the road. And it goes both ways. If, if you have a habit of uh, developed a pattern of, of, of bad behavior... Uh, vice, and here's the thing: we got to think of vice beyond, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? That's yeah. not, we're, not right. what we're talking about. Yeah. We're well, it could be that, but uh, hasn't. It's more than that. It's yeah. much more than that. So, so bad patterns of bad behavior, they're very easy to fall into, and we've got to be very intentional to keep out. But the same thing is, the more that you um, develop these good habits. And you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. Actually, gets a little easier. The grooves are good habits, but this is the thing: is that it's always static. It's, it's, it's never static. It's always we're always either developing one way or developing another way. Can I take that word picture a, a st- and, and and keep working with it? Because I find that actually it's really hard to get out of the ruts that are vice. It's really easy to fall off that high ground because like, you were staying on high mm-hmm. ground. Mm-hmm. It's as soon as you don't pay attention, 
you fall into those ruts. Like, I think that's really easy. I mean, I wish the ruts were just as deep on high ground, and my experience is they're not. Living a virtuous life, creating good habits and staying there, I need to be intentional about that all the time. The minute I look over and watch the cows, if I'm taking the dirt road analogy, yeah. uh, I fall into the ruts. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I find losing virtuous habits is way easier yeah, I, than I, losing. I, I, think it's, I think we've, we've, got, we've got to blend those images because I think <laughs> in classical virtue understanding, if the rut is, is, a, is, is a pattern of behavior that becomes easier to, to do, hmm. um, the ruts can represent both virtue and vice. I mean, the thing hmm. is that the more you develop a good habit, the easier it becomes. Hmm. True. No, 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 I agree However, with you. I agree with you. What ruts are easier to to create? The ruts of bad bad ha- <laughs> or bad behavior or the ruts of good behavior? The ruts right. of bad. We all know that right. it's easy. Like vice comes a lot easier. Like yeah. bad habits are easy to develop. Good yeah. habits are difficult to develop. And That's good habits true. are easy to lose, and bad habits are hard to lose. Because you exactly. tell somebody to quit smoking, good luck. You tell exactly. somebody to quit praying, they could stop tomorrow. Exactly. Like, that's easy. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, it was, but the truth still is that even with good, like there is, a, like the, the, the more you do good, the more good you become, and the more easier. You know, it's never overall easy. It's always, you always have to die to yourself and all of I these things. But, you know. it, but, it, but it is there. I want to get back to the cow. <laughs> so you mentioned the cow in the metaphor. Yeah, he was driving down the road and he was looking at the cow and all of a sudden he fell into the wrong rut. And and so, but here's the thing with the funny thing with, you know this when you drive, right? Like I can remember, um, so when I was taking my, my motorcycle training and, uh, you know, when you're training to, to ride. I didn't a, know you had your motorcycle yeah, license. I got motorcycle license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I was taking my motorcycle training years and years ago. And um, I remember that among the things, so, you know, you're, you're, you're riding the bike and you got you're paying attention to more things than you're used to, right? You've been a long time driver, but it's different when you're on a bike and you're paying attention to all sorts of different things. You're worrying about your weight and how you're moving, moving the bike. And of course, the one thing they teach you, uh, and this is the same as when you drive a car, but it, it feels more real when you're on a motorcycle with, with no car around you to protect you. The one thing they teach you is though, you, you, you automatically drive to where you're looking. And so, as you as you as you look at the uh, as you look at the at the cow in the pasture, you automatically start drifting off of where you were going and towards that cow. And so, how easy mm. it is to be distracted by things yeah. in life that we actually forget of where we're actually going. We begin to veer off course, not intentionally, yeah, but just I, simply through through distraction. Well, and that's the question that you first asked, Father James, is how can we avoid that, or what kinds of things can we do? And and that's where I think it's built right into what we try to do at Divine Renovation. Mm. And that is to work out of a team because you can't. The key is you can't do it by yourself. No, that's, that's right. right. Like you can't. We walk around with I, logs in our eyes, and you, and you can't. You can't go in virtue um, all by yourself. It just doesn't no. work. You need people to 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 help you out. I'm reminded of the, I think it's Hebrews twelve. You know, keep your eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. I mean, it's it's when we keep our eyes on Him that we will grow uh, towards Him. Uh, when we take our eyes off and, off Him and begin to look at elsewhere, that's when we get into trouble. Mm. Like like Peter getting out of the boat, you know, walking on water. I mean, mm. what a crazy thing! But he was doing it as long as he kept his eyes on yes. Jesus. I prefer the cow metaphor. It. I think yeah. it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I I think to myself, three things are critical. You know, for 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 you that are listening, there are three things I would say. Is one is where are you aiming? What's your goal? Yeah. What do you believe success looks like? What does fruit look like? Like. And as an organization, what does fruit look like? You need to be very intentional about where you're aiming and you need to communicate it clearly to one another because then out of a group, you can hold each other accountable to it. And the third thing is, how's your personal prayer life? Because if you are not spending time every day in scripture and prayer, uh, you are going to fail. 
And so those are the three things in doing what we do in terms of leading churches and uh, is uh, those are the three things that I, I think a, are essential. I, I got recently at a gathering of church leaders and I heard someone make the distinction between gifting and anointing. Very, very interesting. I mean, the Lord is, uh, people who are listening, you know, we, you're probably aware of, the, of, of of the gifting that God has given you, but the point was made that you can, by the term anointing, I mean, it's a very scriptural term, but basically it's the, it's really the grace of God at work in our life in a sense that, that, that God's favor and grace are, are upon a particular leader. But if you have that disconnection, if, if our prayer life begins to diminish, uh, we can lean more into our natural gifting. And here's the truth, and this is what this, this, this person said, that we can go a long way on our giftedness. Yes, we can. We can actually do a lot of fool good a lot things of people for, for God yeah. uh, in, in our natural giftedness, but, but, it's, but it's not anointing. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's got to do both. It's got to be both. And it's it's that constant struggle between uh, you know human capacity and, and 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 that spiritual reality. Sometimes we we err towards leading into the the human virtues and the and the gifts, and we neglect the spiritual. Sometimes in the church, the temptation can be the opposite. We become so spiritual mm-hmm. that we that we dismiss the human. Mm-hmm. And and that to me, I think Ron is often a, a great temptation today. This idea as a leader, if I just I'm really prayerful and spiritual, if I have faith, hope, and love, I don't have to have courage, prudence, self character, and, and all. And, <laughs> but the virtues definitely, in the end, are really about character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't have to be intentional on the on these human things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use uh, my my spirituality, my faith as a as a justification for for negligence, really. And there's no shortcuts either. You know, I, I love watching the show Survivor, and uh, I find it really fun. Me and the kids watch it. And one of the obstacles sometimes is here. You have something on a rope, and you have to maybe get a key off, uh, and you have to stretch, and, and you might want to take a shortcut in terms of unraveling it so that you can get there faster. But inevitably what happens is they just can't quite get there. And I think as leaders... If we take shortcuts around things that form our character and as we live out our character, we shortcut that for to try to get somewhere faster, we will not succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's my experience of leadership. And, uh, and it's, a, it's an interesting principle around, around character and, and, and how we develop it. Mm-hmm. It really isn't easy. One of the and things it has that, to be consistent. Yeah, one of the things I've really, uh, especially over the last year or two, I've really recognized that you, you, as I, anyways, maybe you guys are better than I am, but like I, I can't do it all at once. I can't grow in all categories at all times. And like I can't take on the war on every at every front. You know, it wasn't that long ago we had um, the 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 gratitude guy. What's his name? Um, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Foreign, well, yeah. I love that. The I love two guys. Yeah, I loved him. He'd probably be Steve very happy was awesome. To be called that. Yeah. I was grateful for him, and, and you know, he laid down the challenge to us. He laid down the challenge to, to listeners to this podcast. He, he laid down the challenge. He's like, you know, begin develop a practice of gratitude. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'm competitive. He laid down the challenge. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to win. And so, so for me, anyways, I did. I developed the practice of gratitude. I'm like, this is the thing I'm going to work on for this season. Mm-hmm. And so every every morning now, when I when I journal, I, I I name like three things I'm grateful for, which is. Exactly Exactly what Steve told me to do, and so so every single morning, and so I've developed the practice of it. Now it's very natural. Now I don't have to be so intentional, right. uh, but that's because I, I began to develop the rut. That's right. And so, but the thing for me, one of the key takeaways is is not just that you should you should take up Steve's challenge. It's it's a worthwhile challenge in and of mm-hmm. itself. But but I would say you know, just don't try and take on all the challenges at all t- like at the same time. Yeah, of course. You know, as you as you mentioned, uh, you know, you said you got in you got in the rut. I mean, obviously. 
uh, rut generally has a negative. <laughs> yeah, so you found you the said high that ground. I thought of something. <laughs> so you think about we say I, I'm in a rut or I'm in the groove. Oh, oh, I like it. podcast. You got to tweet that out. I think, I think, I think that's maybe a, a better sense because both yes. physically it's the same thing, but a groove is what helps you to, to do uh, what helps you to achieve your purpose. A rut is, is more vice. So yeah, that's cool. That was, yeah. So Ron, I want to ask you in terms of, you know, breaking open again, specifically in parish leadership, like what are, Virtues, like for, for instance, the, the, the word virtue in, in the mm. etymology, so the, the origin of a word, I really love looking at the origins yeah, yeah. of words. Uh, the word virtue comes from the Latin word vir, okay. which is the Latin word for man, as in as in male man, the, the, not male man, but the guy who delivers <laughs> mail, but the male of the species. Oh, okay. Uh, as opposed, like in, in, in Latin, homo is, is, the, is the word for human being. So it's, oh, the, okay. it's, it's the inclusive term for, for pe- people, but... But vira is man, and vir, the, 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 the virtus, it was the, uh, what are the manly qualities, and, and mm. kind of connected to the, the warrior, the leader, and okay. all, all of this. So that's, that's the etymology. Um, but we would say, I think certainly uh, the virtues that might be associated with a, with a, a warrior nation mm. um, might be different from uh, the virtues associated with, with leadership in church. So, so what are, maybe break, let's break open a bit more, what are the, the kind of, habitual qualities that that really advance leadership uh in the in a, in a church setting i think one of them is uh, i remember i'm gonna tell a little story and then I'll, I'll break it open with respect to that but i remember i worked with a lady named leo bautista who worked with me as the administrator of alpha when we first launched it at saint benedict parish I remember and, Leah. and if Leah, if you're listening <laughs> we love we you. miss you <laughs> and she I only found out later that she had one of the highest positions in one of the largest clothing corporations in Manila. And when I realized how it's, it's like, oh, that's why you're ridiculous. She's the most competent person I've ever had the privilege of working with in my life. And I felt silly because she always used to call me boss. And I felt so unworthy to be called her boss because she knew more about leadership. She was way better at everything than I was. Like, I just loved her. She's like a big sister to me. I, I really missed that relationship. But anyway, I remember one day I said, Leah, don't call me boss. We're all in this together. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, and that was more about my own insecurity. And she grabbed me by the arm. She looked me right in the eye and she says, Ron, every, people need leaders. They need a leader. Never backed away from being their leader. I'm telling you, that touched my soul. Mm. And I realized she was right. Mm. And I needed to own. And not that I wasn't, but I wasn't around her. And that showed me that don't be insecure in who you are around anybody. If you've been given the opportunity to lead, then man up, <laughs> lead. And, and I, think, I think a lot of times, particularly in the Catholic Church, priests have been beat up. Yeah. And people have lost confidence in a lot of the things that we used to take for granted. And, and that can leave us shaken and bruised. Mm. But I promise you, People still need you to lead, to own what it means to lead, which is protect, which is provide, which is do what you say you're going to do, which is treat people with love and kindness and respect. But and it is having a vision. It is going somewhere. And, and so it's not, I'm not saying be a dictator. Yeah. I'm saying be, be a great leader. Own leadership and live up to the expectations people have on you 
Because when you do, you can mobilize an entire community in the love of God to do crazy things. And so that's what I would say. Yeah. And I think that's very much uh, you know, connected with humility. Yes. Because humility, you know, is I think that famous quote of C.S. Lewis, um, oh, humility yeah. isn't about thinking less of yourself, but about thinking of yourself less. Mm. Uh, it doesn't, it's not a denial of your gifting. It's not a denial of your calling. But um, I mean, some of the most effective leaders, the most impactful leaders in my life have been incredibly strong leaders who know who they are. They, they've, they've said yes to God's call. They're, they're, they're living out of their gifts, but with, with incredible humility. Amen. And it's this weird combination of, of incredible strength and incredible humility. And it's a, it's a, it's a potent mix. It really is. <laughs> And, and I think that it really is the way that Jesus led as well, you know, mm. and with that humility comes, uh, you know, not even a conviction, but, but, but a habit uh, that comes out of a whole culture of, of what we would call servant leadership. Now, I almost don't like to use that term servant leadership because it, it sounds and feels to me so redundant. Like in the, in the Christian worldview, they're, they're, it, should there ought to be nothing other than servant leadership, and unfortunately, that's not always the case because we have mimicked uh, the, the the power structures of the world. We've Amen. done it throughout the history of the Amen. churches. One of the you know the the most um, direct things that the Lord said about leadership about it, it must not be so among you. Uh, we've failed pretty badly in the history of the church for the most part on on this on this particular one. But I think Ron, I'm going to ask you to say a bit more about that. You know helping to, what are the, the habits that a leader can develop to help establish a culture of servant leadership without, within the, throughout the whole parish? Mm. What would you say? Well, and, and, and so, so I'll certainly speak to that in terms of pastors, but I want you to know this applies to everybody. Mm. And so I hope you will lead like this in business. Yes. I, I hope people listening will lead like this in business, male, female. Like, let's start leading like Jesus did. Mm. And, and I love what you said about don't, you know, don't think less of yourself. Think about yourself less. So in other words, put others first. I think it was you actually mm. who first exposed me to the, the expression, I am third. Mm. Like, and where did that come from? Do you remember? I don't know, but I remember it, there's um, a, a community in Canada, in Cumbermere, Canada, called Madonna House. Mm. And uh, a very amazing woman called Catherine Doherty, who was yeah. a, a Russian baroness who, you know, who came to... North America had a conversion and, you know, became friends with Dorothy Day, did a lot of work with the poor. And eventually she settled later in her life outside of, outside of, um, in a place Montreal in or Quebec or Ontario. Ontario okay. And she set a community called Madonna House. And that was a, a, a kind of a phrase they used. I am ah. third. And it was above a lot. They placed it above a lot of the, their, right. their doorway. So, I mean, number one is God. Number two is others, and finally, number three, I'm third. Right, and so that whole principle, there it is. God first, others second, me third. And I think that's, that's servant leadership in a nutshell. But, and I think one of the things that we can do, maybe to get us started, is to ask somebody who, who loves you and cares about you and say, you know what, I know I'm imperfect, and I'm trying to be a better leader, and I'm just curious, uh, would you be able to share with me how you experience my leadership? Mm. What do you think I value based on how I behave? Mm. Uh, and I asked that to my team one time when I was director of pastoral ministries. I said, guys, I want you to write down my top five values in order based on how I treat you, how you see me treat others, and how I live my life. They were really scared to do that because <laughs> they didn't want to imagine. They didn't want to <laughs> offend me. But it's You're like so kind and gentle. <laughs> I want to allow myself to be offended. 
because yeah. if my impact isn't what I think it should be or what I'm striving for, then I need to figure out where that log is in my eye. And so I think as leaders, I think you can do that. I think the other thing you can do is then give people permission. When you, when you start to go from the groove to the rut, let you know, like, I need you to love me enough to let me know when my impact is starting to have a negative yeah. impact on the vision that we are trying to live out. And give people permission to do that around you because you you're going to fail. That's, that, that's important. I uh, just, just actually yesterday uh, in my other job, I had um, a conversation with a staff member who asked to see me and basically shared with me how uh, very unintentionally, but uh, something that I did really impacted her mm. in a negative way. And anyway, we were able to work through it. But I remember just saying to her, I'm so grateful to you. Like, mm. Thank you so much for, because about a year before I had given a presentation where I, you know, I talked about this kind of dynamic that we, we ought to be a place where we mm. can, you know, because what generally happens is we step on each other's toes, and you go you go back and you start talking about that person, and and this person spoke directly to me, and 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 it was great. It was I really rejoiced in it that, that this person had the courage uh, to sit down with me and to say, look, this is how you impacted me, and it was like, thank you, because uh, I need your help. Mm. I need your help. So mm. for everybody who's listening, I think Ron, you just laid down an incredible and practical application of, of, of much of what we're talking about, which is to create the space mm. to be vulnerable. Father James, you gave a nice testimony of how you experienced it just yesterday, which is <laughs> awesome. And so so for those who have been able to, to join us for this conversation, I think you know we've, there's, there's a definitely a destination forward to continue to, continue to grow in, in your capacities as, as leaders who are, are living out uh, virtue. So thank you for being with us today on this Divine Renovation podcast. If you're interested in hearing more about Divine Renovation, I encourage you to check out our website, divinerenovation.net. And if you're feeling called, we've got a growing number of parishes around the world who are joining the Divine Renovation Network. And so you can join the network uh, right from the Divine Renovation website. And by joining the network, you'll get access to all sorts of videos that we've got in there, coaching videos, specific topics, and of course, our, our monthly webinars and videos. So thank you so much for being with us, and we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. 